Hello, hello. Yes, again, I'm back. When was the last episode? It was 12 days ago that it dropped. 12 days. What happened to you in those 12 days? That's almost two weeks. I can't believe it. It is taking me so long to get this to you. But this is still Nick Flanagan Weekly, even if it's more like the way it's spelled than the double meaning when you sound it out. Nick Flanagan Weekly, that's a W-E-A-K. And I'm a bit weak. I told you that before. Vitamin D. Turns out I have, like, none of it. So, (laughs) hey, everybody, welcome to my podcast. I have no vitamin D to give you. The one thing a podcast cannot provide is sunlight. But, uh, I and I found that out the hard way, because it turns out I have, like, no vitamin D, and I am so tired all the time, and I have been for a while, and that's why. So, hopefully, by the time the pills kick in, I'll be back in business. So think of it this way, friends, starting with this caveat, I am, this is not the final form of this podcast, even though I've been doing it for so long now, I can't even tell you how long. I've uh, I've been doing it for so long, but in the last year or two, you know, it's, it's in a, a slow metamorphosis, and I'm really looking forward to where it will go, and I have faith that it will be beautiful and wonderful and whole in the future. And I love what it is now. And I love what it will be. And you know what? Some of the episodes, I love what they were. Okay? I'm not going to say every one. Uh, there, there could have done a lot of these. There could be some episode I listened to and I'm like going to be like, why did I say that? It could be the last episode I did. I don't know. But look, I'm trying, and that's what this podcast is all about. Trying. Are you trying? Have you been able to try lately? I hope so. We're at the end of the first quarter. (laughs) Did you know about that? We're in the first uh, March, right? That's the end of the first quarter. We're almost done March. 2023. I'm going to say it was okay. January was a little rough. February was all right. March is okay, I guess, you know, except for this fatigue thing. But, you know, fatigue's cool because I have a couch and I have a bed and I can kind of change things up by going from one to the other to sort of lie down and uh, go over things in my head that need doing and then try to do them and reach my hand out and not quite be able to do them. Reaching for the sky just to surrender. That's a Leonard Cohen line from the song The Stranger. One of my favorite Leonard Cohen songs. And uh, did I did I mention I went to a Leonard Cohen exhibit that's at the Art Gallery of Ontario? I'm not sure I did. I, I got cultural and I went to the Art Gallery here in Toronto and uh, saw the Leonard Cohen exhibit. Dedicated a little bit too much of space to his drawings. He does fun drawings. But... I don't need to see those in a, uh, the bulk of one room. It was a giant room. 40% of it is these illustrations. Show me pictures of him with celebrities. That's fine if you're doing a, an, art, uh, uh, an exhibit on some guy who's a musician. Just show him with, you know, Indira Gandhi if he ever met her. I don't know if he did. Leonard Cohen, baby. I love him. But 
what I really love lately are his live performances from his final tours. Go online, watch those. Go online. <laughs> if my podcast can tell you anything, let it be that you go online as much as possible. It's a happy place. It's everyone's happy place. It's great. Pay for Twitter. Go online, check out the live Leonard Cohen performances from his last few tours. They were amazing. And you know what? He probably had some problematic behavior, so keep that in mind. <laughs> Let that taint your vision of what he does. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't had that much... I, I wish I could say, oh, it's been... Uh, such a full slate the last couple weeks, but it really, it really hasn't. Maybe that's been why it was hard to kind of like pick up uh, the old mic, hit the mic, because I actually almost had too much spare time, and it was giving me a bit of brain freeze. Um, and I've been, I was feeling lonely, slightly, like oh, you know, one of those feelings like oh, I don't talk to my friends enough. Maybe that's because I didn't do a podcast. But, you know, you, you want to talk to your friends, and next thing you know, you, you don't know which ones like phone calls. I like phone calls because it reminds me to contact people. Sometimes I won't follow up or respond to a text fast enough, but if I'm on the phone with you, I know that we are interacting. Uh, but I can't remember which ones like phone calls, so I'll call some and they won't answer, and then... And, and even though calls and texts are nice, it's good to hang out with someone. I haven't sat down and hung out with someone since I went with my homie uh, Mark Little to see Brandon Cronenberg's movie a couple weeks ago. I mean, I'm sure I've hung out with some people, but it, it, it kind of feels that way. And again, if you've listened to the podcast, you know one of the fun things I do with my time is I'll work the door or help put on uh, some rock concerts in, in Toronto. And... Uh, I didn't do that in the last, like, I don't know, nine days or something. And those are good for me because there's always people I know with them. And and that's another thing where it's like, ah, I do this for a twofold purpose. Social interaction and a little bit of that sweet chunk of change. How big is that chunk? It's not huge, but it's sweet. If you If you bite into that chunk of change, there's a chocolatey taste to it, you know? Money tastes like chocolate, and that's why we love it. But you know what they say, too much chocolate, you'll get sick. Too much money, you'll get sick. Look at Howard Hughes. Or Zuck. Or Gates. Or Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch, 92-year-old billionaire, just testified to Congress. That would be a f Do you think that would be a nice thing, like to keep you on your toes, keep you alive? If you were like 90-something and you had to testify in front of Congress. But not only did this 92-year-old wonder, wunderkind testify in front of Congress recently, telling them why Fox News was doing something presumably duplicitous. But he uh, also, I guess he was, uh, as far as I knew, he was dating uh, the legend Jerry Hall. Jerry Hall, not Jerry Hollowell, our favorite Spice Girl, but Jerry Hall, our favorite Batman actress. Let's be real. If 
you're a certain age, yeah, you love Kim Basinger, but what's going on with Jerry Hall? She was like the proto uh, Harley Quinn. She didn't have any agency though in the in the Tim Burton Batman, but she was like uh, Jack Napier, aka the Joker's uh, muse. And I was like, who is this Southern Belle? Then she's going out with Mick Jagger. Long time. Mick Jagger, that old boot. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's going out with Rupert Murdoch. That's a May-December romance, and Jerry Hall ain't even that young. Is there is age difference a big thing? Are we, are we of a generation where... When, when all of us are in our 80s and 90s and people are dating 65-year-olds, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you always got to go for the young ladies. Write me with an answer. Weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Um, anyway, turns out he's not with Jerry Hall. They broke up. They split. And what does the 92-year-old breaking up with somebody sound like? Excuse me, I just... We need to talk. But he's Australian, so he's like... We need to talk. Sit down in any chair. Sit down in any chair you like. <laughs> Jerry. I think it's not working out. <laughs> oh... I've got to go to bed. I'll finish up with you tomorrow. So, he's it's probably the longest breakup speech in the world because he's got to he's got to do it over the course of like ten days to get the whole thing out. Poor Jerry. Also, would would he, um, like would she get more money from a breakup, like a divorce with him? Or from him, God forbid, passing on and then it being part of his, his will. Seems like it might have been a better move for him to wait and not leave her anything. Instead, alimony. Although it's quite possible Rupert Murdoch is uh, savvy enough for a prenuptial agreement The reason I bring up him bring it breaking up with this, uh, with Jerry. First name basis, me and me and Jay, Jay and I. Is because he's married. He's already remarried. He remarried like his, I don't know if it was like a former wife or a former fiance. He dipped back into his his past, and now he's with a former paramour. I want to know how Jerry feels about this, and I'm ready to start doing interviews again. So if Jerry wants to reach out, talk to me on the pod about why her and Rupert Murdoch broke up. And you know what? Throw in why her and Mick Jaggy broke up. Let me know. If, you have a co- if you're related to Jerry Hall and you're listening to this, hit me up on the aforementioned email address. Anyway, so I was lonely. Speaking of being 92, I was lonely. And then the last couple days, I had some nice, sizable phone call chats with with dear friends. And those were good. And, of course, the constant presence of my lovely S.O. Although, look, like, we're we're just trying to claw our way back into normalcy these days. And so we're, we're just 
hanging on to each other, but also recharging on our couches separately a lot, you know? But I really look forward to the day where I can just have a nice vegan steak at the vegan steak house. My baby. Oh, I know it'll happen. I know I can feel fortune coming my way. Fortune, will you have this dance? That's what I'll say if, when, when I go to the luck prom. Which I haven't received my tickets in the mail for yet. I, I, I hope that I hope they have my right address. I do have a lot of friends, though. I And I miss so many of my friends. I mean, that's the thing. It's so many of my friends are all over the world, and then so many... You get older, and it's your friends are like... You, they got kids, and they're, or they're doing things. If they're in my kind of business, they're all out, always out doing stuff. Shows, and rehearsing, and auditioning and whatever so you know you have to keep the idea that they're your friends at the forefront of your mind during these protracted periods of absence and I like I, I, I try to I feel like I have sediments of friends you know um, sometimes people go oh you seem to know a lot of people from, from when you were in high school it's true I have a lot of friends who go all the way back to me there and I feel a connection to them and then I have friends who maybe I was in bands with, and, and, or and, or saw when I was made when I was touring with bands, and and uh, you know those are like weirdly like high school friends too, or, or graduating class. And then there's friends from like comedy, same kind of thing. And then there's friends from well, I didn't really make that many friends when I did uh, night school, makeup English high school course in 2018, but. I'm sure if I if I had made some connections, I'd still be friends with them. So yeah, it's it's kind of neat, you know. Just don't feel ashamed if you've got still care about people from high school, because you know you're hanging on to feelings of connection, and that's what gets us through life. And as you know from the podcast, I have the ADHD, and attention deficit disorder I was actually doing some I'm doing some pretty serious um, what do you call it like like kick drum foot I'm just like tapping 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 right now um, I have been drinking my Earl Grey tea that's probably why I've been a bit unsettled the last couple of weeks this Earl Grey tea has been a, a night friend and I don't know if you're supposed to drink Earl they say tea with caffeine is actually sometimes stronger than coffee so maybe this is making me a bit anxious. I don't know. But anyway, I was talking about friends. As the late guy from Houdini said, how many of us have them? I hope all of us have them. That they're important, you know? And then you think about why people are your friends. You know, is it... A lot of my friends in high school, a little core group of pals, uh, it was... Uh, Things like music and movies and comedy united us. We liked each other because we liked this stuff. But maybe there's an element of you like a person, they like stuff, and so you like the stuff because you like the person. Which came first? Your interests, your, your group of interests, or people you like being interested in things and you exploring those interests? Think about it. Wonder about it. 
I brought up ADHD earlier because uh, I just wonder if the neurodivergent types are a little more prone to this kind of haphazard um, friends being there, friends kind of going off, not talking to people for a while, coming back and feeling the same. I wonder if we're more prone to that, you know, because... If you want to get deep down into the vulnerable fears that I, I try to pepper this podcast with, it's, um, you know, I just don't want to think that I have a closeness to people that they don't feel reciprocally, unless I know that, in, you know, going in. I, I, I'd hate to, to just think, you know, oh, this person thinks of me as like a person who, you know, they they pie with once in 2005 and meanwhile I'm like that person was awesome and I think about them all the time I want them to think about me all the time and think I'm awesome even if even if it was just that one enjoyable pie time in 2005 a banner year um do you have those kinds of fears let me know Is it bad to love everyone? Eh? I don't know. How are you feeling about Twitter these days? Oh boy. I'm like, I'm lost on this thing. I don't know what to do on Twitter anymore. I'm seeing just like people react sadly to hate speech. I'm seeing all the hate speech. I'm seeing the views on my tweets. Which is not a ton, which means they're, when I make them, they're just like not even being shown to people. And the only way I'm supposed to do it to get that fixed is by paying $10 Canadian a month just to freaking get people to see my garbage. I need to pay people, this company, to be fun, to, to, for, to be funny. It's like, it's like I'm, you know, there you go to an open mic or you have to pay sometimes to, to do an open mic. It's like I'm paying to do an open mic. I don't want that. Help me. And then these other ones, they just were like lead balloons. These Twitter alternatives everyone was gasping happily about or more like reluctantly trying to see if they were the same. They were like, let's all do Mastodon. And it's like, oh, so maybe this thing named after an ancient thing is going to be the most modern thing we can do? It's from the prehistoric times, mastodons. Probably won't be too cutting edge. Hive? And I don't know what they were. I made a mastodon account. I don't know where it is anymore. I hope it's okay. <laughs> My ADHD coaching is almost through for now I've been lucky enough to get a little subsidized ADHD coaching and I only have a couple left it's been helpful oh let me give you one gem that I was told I was like dear coach dear coach I'm exhausted right now but I have these things I have to do I'm so tired I think I need to take a nap but I want to wake up and actually do the thing that I want to do after this nap. And they were like, here's, here's something. 
They said, why don't you give yourself this time to rest? Give yourself about 10 to 15 minutes afterwards to get your bearings, to wake up, then throw on some upbeat music and do the thing you have to do. And in that case, they followed through. And that's another thing about the usefulness of the time I've had with a little more extra time is I've actually slightly decluttered my apartment. The media area still needs a little, my, my media center still needs a little help, but it's doing a lot better. Uh, I have a Hyperkin Retron 5 I need to add into my uh, attached to the TV list. The Retron 5 is like one of those systems you can put old cartridges in and play on your big TV. I'm looking forward to it. I just bought that game Maniac Mansion a little while ago for, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. I'm going to throw it back on. And then I'm going to sell it. But yeah, the decluttering has been just a beautiful, beautiful thing. The kitchen table, so to speak, in my apartment. Much clearer. The work desk getting clearer. And I am contemplating this. I am contemplating, even though my laptop is almost permanently connected to my large television, so I can look at it as I'm looking at it right now, as I'm looking about, believe it or not, the notes I've made. I have notes for this episode. I'm looking at those on the big TV. I'm actually thinking that maybe to get a bit more work done, I should set the laptop up on my work desk and do some writing on the little laptop thing. Because I don't know about you, but like, if you do you write, 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 you know? I feel like doing it on a big kind of TV monitor kind of thing just feels a little weird. Like, like I'm seeing the words too much <laughs> as I write them. They don't, the, it, it, it's like eating your food, but you have like a magnifying glass on your food the whole time. Does that sound appealing? It better not. So yeah, I mean, slowly but surely, I am getting back into the strongest shape of my life. I'm getting into the strongest shape. You can't get back into the strongest shape of your life. eBay, still eBaying stuff. Oh my God. eBay, man. Newest problem was some guy I sent him something. It was listed as delivered. He's saying he doesn't have it. Now what? I go over all the stats. He's got it. Uh, it it's apparently there. But he does, says he doesn't have it. So then where, where, where could it be? And most importantly, will eBay make me pay, refund him, even though I sent him the thing? Hmm? And let me tell you, this ain't the first time. Sometimes it's my fault. This is the issue of neurodivergent um, reselling. So occasionally, you'll you'll send some. You'll, you won't notice some small detail on a piece of electronics, and it'll turn out it isn't the piece of electronics you thought it was. All right, that's on me. I'll give you your money back. I don't know though. The, you pay for the shipping. You send the thing. It gets shipped. It arrives there. Is that on me? 
And the sad fact is, the best move, especially with eBay, is you just say, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm doing, I have a lot of things up, you know, it'll all even out because it, it's just, it, it's a lot of hassle. And, and sometimes you're better off just being like, here's your money, take it. You know, I don't want to be a bad seller. I don't want to get on the bad seller list. I'm currently listed as an above standard seller on eBay. And this is the only time I have been considered above standard for anything in my life outside of the obvious, which would be punk lead singer, cool guy, uh, hilarities, podcast personality, that stuff all above standard. But besides all that, this is the only thing. eBay seller, above standard. Not trying to brag, but I don't want it to go away. I could lose out on tens of dollars a month if that goes away. And as I've been doing the past few podcasts, I wanted to close out the uh, time, our time together in this episode by telling you about something I recently sold on eBay. Something that I didn't know if I could sell. Now, old hip-hop 90s, well, I'll tell you. It was Fat Joe, back when Fat Joe the rapper was known as Fat Joe, well, Fat, the music, the rapper Fat Joe used to have a longer name, and that was Fat Joe Da Gangsta. And this was Fat Joe Da Gangsta. His, his first album, Represent, on Relativity Records. I bought it on CD a little, quite a while ago now. And I just bought it being like, that's cool. I'll buy this. I do that. If I see like 90s rap CDs, I'll probably buy them. You know, sometimes they're ones I never really got around to listening to. Other times they're ones that I just think are cool to get again. Fat Joe the Gangster Represent, I'd had on cassette. And I actually still had the cassette. Um, but I'd lost the label. My mom gave it to me for Christmas one year when I was like 13 and just kind of getting into gangster East Coast rap. I wouldn't even call it... Like, East Coast rap, I guess, was gangster rap, but it was like such a dense culture that it feels like I'm uh, doing it wrong by calling... Yes, okay, Fat Joe the Gangsta did have the word gangsta in his name, so he's probably doing the gangster rap. But like... The production was so amazing. The work in it was so good. Okay, they were talking about killing people or fighting people or how, you know, all the crime that they saw around them. But I don't know. I don't really consider it gangster rap. I don't even, I like, whereas West Coast gangster rap, like, it's so gang-related that, like, it's gangster rap. You know what I mean? That I understand. Anyway. So Fat Joe's first album, bought it on CD. Look on eBay, wow, this goes for a lot. So I was trying to sell Fat Joe to Gangsta a CD of Represent on Relativity Records for an amount that I was surprised to be selling it for. And I've sold hip-hop tapes from the 90s for like way more than you would think. Way more than you would think. Way more than you, specifically would think. 
Um, but I, I have, I'm only starting now to see that CDs are, some of them are worth something, but nobody was buying it for a really long time. And I was like, maybe, maybe this isn't working. So I threw in my childhood, no liner notes, cassette of Fat Joe's Represent, a little bundle. And lo and behold, someone bought it last week or the week before, whatever, recent thing I sold. And it just makes me so happy. It just makes me so happy. And if you're wondering if it's a good album, which who knows if you are, it is. I mean, for me, it was one of those ones where it's like, it's a genre that I was exploring. And I, w I thought his name was ridiculous. I thought his lyrics were very um, uh, rudimentary. But there are so many good... The production on the album is just is just phenomenal. It's all the like people who were in something called Digging in the Crates around the same time. So Buck Wild and... Um, uh, I think Showbiz from Showbiz and AG is the producer. And Diamond D, who's one of the best producers of all time. I mean, kind of all of those people I just mentioned are, but... but Diamond D is like another another level. If you, and so yeah, uh, Grand Pooba's on it. He's an amazing rapper. Um, I guess there's this sort of local, like New York legend rapper kind of guy, King Sun, who was someone who didn't put out a lot of well-known albums, but I think he's pretty respected. And he had a lot to do with the album. So if you like that grimy early '90s hip hop New York sound, you will not be disappointed, particularly in the production of Represent by Fat Joe. So you can check that out. It has ridiculous skits. I, I thought it was ridiculous when I first got it. I just, I, I had such a fear of anything I was that I hadn't fully vetted that like when I first heard it, I kind of was like, God, Fat Joe's, this is ridiculous. But man, I listened to it a lot. So you can't buy a copy from me, but I wouldn't have wanted you to pay as much as, as much as the other person did. Because you're a listener. But maybe check it out. It's on all the streaming services, but people still want to buy it on CD. For the memories. And as Fat Joe himself said, yesterday's price is not today's price. Yesterday's price was a gift from my mom. Random. The most random choice. I never said I wanted a Fat Joe the Gangster tape. I think she knew I liked Wu-Tang. I got good presents though. I remember getting like Bikini Kill, a Bikini Kill album once from my parents for Christmas. <laughs> annoying child. Undoubtedly, I must have been an annoying child. And that's my show and tell for you. Fat Joe the Gangster, represent. Goodbye, I don't have it anymore. It no longer sparked joy uh, having that physical copy, so it's gone. Here's to more things getting sold. You are wonderful. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. And if you're in Toronto, consider going on March on April. If you're in Toronto, consider going on April 7th, which is a Friday, I believe, to see Mouth Congress which is Scott Thompson, Paul Bellini, Gord Disley, 
Um, Kids in the Hall affiliated, obviously. Scott is one of the members of Kids in the Hall, and Paul Bellini is Scott's longtime collaborator and a writer on Kids in the Hall. And uh, it was their art band. I talked to Scott a lot about it when he was on the podcast, and also an article ages ago, whatever. You can find them. They're awesome. They're so fun. I'm opening for them at the Rivoli April 7th. So feel free to come out if you're around. There are tickets available somewhere online. Look it up. Cheers. We did it. I did an episode. Looking forward to doing another. Bye. Playing that again.